0: And good morning, and how is everybody doing? Well, with the lifting of the MCO, and as we enter into CMCO, I hope that we are all feeling a sense of relief. And with the vaccination being rolled out, and I trust that people are hopeful that life will soon return to normal. But of course, the big question is, will life be restored back? to pre-COVID days. Well, nobody really knows uh, until much of the world population is being vaccinated and until the virus is eradicated. So, you notice that restoration is an important work nowadays. People want to restore back their business. You know, people want to restore back many things uh, which have been disrupted ever since the virus has hit the world and ever since the lockdown itself. Now, when we talk about restoration, what does it mean? And really, this morning, I want to talk about restoration. What does it really mean? Now, the word restoration means bringing back something to a former condition or position. Bringing back something to a former condition or position. You know, in my mother's house, there is uh, this old sewing machine. And this old sewing machine has been with my mother for a long, long time, even before I was born. And my mother is more than 90 years old. I guess the sewing machine was probably 70 to 80 years old, you know. After she got married, then she had a sewing machine so that she can sew clothes for her children. And well, the sewing machine was still in working condition. In fact, my mother's domestic helper had been helping, you know, to stitch up things, repair clothes, and so on and so forth. Right? It was in a, quite a good condition, and I have used that in my younger days when I was a schooling, when we learned how to do sewing. But unfortunately, you know, the plank, the wood, the surrounding of the machine was all broken up into pieces. It was really in a very pathetic situation. So one day, the domestic helper was telling me, look at this you know, sewing machine, it's working fine, but you know, he was afraid that it would collapse one day because it was just filled with plank. And then I was thinking, well, this sewing machine needs a restoration. But how to restore it back? You know, so I just tried to uh, ask around, and some people have given some suggestions. Then I got the idea. Well, why not try online? Why not try Lazada? Why not try Shopee? Well, and surprisingly, surprisingly, I found, I found the casing uh, in both Lazada and Shopee. And so, you know, I went, we went to the shop. Instead of buying online, we went to the shop because we want to make sure that it fits, you know. We want to make sure that, you know, it is of um, acceptable quality. You know? We want to make sure that. So, we bought it back. And as usual, my DIY husband, uh, Pastor Francis, uh, he's a DIY guy in the house. So, he fixed it up. And now, the sewing machine looks very new. Uh, let's take a look. Let's take a look at the picture between the old and the new. The broken sewing machine that have been restored to its former glory. You know? And of course, look at it. Even though the quality is not that great because uh, the pricing is you know, not on the very high side, it was just you know, very reasonable. But we are glad that the sewing machine looked good, and of course the helper was very happy, and she now she can do more sewing. <clears throat> now when we talk about restoration, restoration is not just limited to things that are broken. Yes, it's repairing things that are broken, but I believe it can also refer, refer to people, because people can be broken too. And Peter, the apostle Peter, was one such person who has been broken before. And this morning, we want to take a look into the life of the Apostle Peter and see the restoration process that Jesus brought him through. And let me just do a quick introduction of Peter, which most of us know, but I believe there may be those of you who are new to the church, who are just joining us online because you have been invited by friends. Let me just give you a very brief introduction of who this Peter was. Peter was a key disciple of Jesus Christ. He was very close to Jesus, one of his inner circle. He was outspoken, he was rash, he was reckless, he was erratic, he was unstable, he was unpredictable, and uh, he was overconfident and he was inconsistent. But of course, at times, Peter got his strength too. Peter was a man who dared to trust God at times. Sometimes when on his high, he can really do something great. And let's take a look at the high point and the low point of Peter. Peter, at his high moment, he made a great confession of faith. And one day, when Jesus asked the disciple, who do you think uh, the Son of Man is? And Peter just blurted out you know, with faith and confidence and said, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow, great confession. Even Jesus commended him. And another occasion where there were so many crowd, you know, listening to Jesus. And after that, they didn't like the teaching of Jesus. They left Jesus one by one. And almost everyone is gone except the 12 disciples. And Jesus asked them, do you want to leave me too? But Jesus confessed along with the other disciples. As a spokesman of the disciples, he said, you know, well, Jesus, we will stay on with you. There's nowhere else we will go. There was nobody else we will follow. Because only you and you have the word of eternal life. Another great confession of Peter. And one day when the disciples were in the boat, right, in the rough sea, and when the, there was thunderstorm, there was storm, you know, over the boat, and then they saw this figure walking on the water. They were afraid. But then later they realized it was Jesus. And Peter just said, Jesus, let me come to you. Jesus said, come. And what did Peter do? He got out of the boat without thinking, and he walked on the water. Yes, he walked on the water, even though it was for a short distance, even though later he felt, but he walked on the water. You see, that was greater. Nobody else dared to do that. Nobody else dared to follow after Peter. And then towards the end of Jesus' life, when Jesus was predicting, you know, his death that he's going to be uh, arrested, you know, he's going to be tried, and uh, he's going to be killed, and Peter, you know, well again the small man and tell Jesus overconfident and presumptuously he declared, well, even if everyone will turn away from you, <clears throat> I will never turn away from you. I will, if need be, I will die for you. Wow, that was Peter in his high moment. In his moment of faith, he made those great confessions. But Peter, being inconsistent, he has his very low mom, moment as well. He, he also has his blunder, he also has his many failures. And after confessing that Jesus was uh, uh, Christ, the Son of the living God, so Jesus went on to predict about his death in the future. But you know what Peter did? He rebuked Jesus. Can you imagine a student rebuke a master, a disciple rebuke a master, and if Jesus, Jesus, you must not say that you are going to die. And what happened? Jesus had to turn around and rebuke Peter in return. And in fact, Jesus kind of rebuked him and scolded him and said that you are not having the things of God in mind. Wow. Peter must be embarrassed then. you know. And then later on, you realize that when Jesus was arrested and taken to be tried, Peter, he denied the Lord. Even though earlier on he said that even if other everyone forsake you, I will not forsake you. If need be, I would die for you. That was his great confession. But when Jesus was arrested, taken to be tried, he denied the Lord three times. And after that, it dawned on him. When Jesus looked at Peter after his denial, he felt so bad. And the Bible tells us he went out and he wept. And at the death of Jesus, when Jesus was nailed on the cross, Peter was not mentioned in the Bible of where he was. When you read the gospel account, it mentions about the women that were at the cross of Jesus. It mentions about the disciple whom Jesus that was the apostle John, but there was no mention of Peter where was Peter. By then, Peter was a broken man. Probably, you know, he was too grieved, too hurt, too afraid, and too depressed to witness the death of Jesus. And then he was so broken inside, perhaps he wondered, would he ever got a second chance? Would he ever got a chance to make a man sing Jesus? Jesus is now dead. But of course, we all know that miracles happen. Miracle took place on the third day when Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus appeared to his disciples and to their shock and delight, their hope was restored. Their faith was restored. But do you know what? If Peter, need, Peter needed more than the restoration of faith. He needed more than the restoration of hope because you realize that Peter was feeling very broken inside. He was feeling very lousy inside. Everything inside him needed to be fixed again. And Jesus seemed to know that. He seemed to know exactly the turmoil that is going in Peter's life. He knew that for Peter to be effective again, he needed to be made whole, he needed to be restored. And this is exactly what Jesus did to Peter. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 21. We are going to read verse 15 to 17, and we are also putting up on the screen. Uh, For those of you, uh, you may not have a physical Bible with you, uh, but if you do have, I will encourage all of you to read along, even on the screen, wherever you are in the home. Uh, Read along John chapter 21, verse 15 to verse 17. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, do you love me? Peter was hurt. that Jesus asked a question the third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Jesus' denial of the Lord has left a black mark in his life. He has created an unseen barrier between him and Jesus. Of course, the problem was not on Jesus' side. The problem was on Peter said, Jesus was ready to forgive. But could Peter forgive himself or not? So Peter regretted his action. Peter wept bitterly. He, re- he repented, even though broken inside. He still stuck to the apostolic uh, band. But Peter had not really resolved the conflict deep within him. He knew Jesus was forgiving. But perhaps he wasn't so sure how Jesus would think of him now. There is this thorn in his heart and some unanswered question. And so Jesus knew that he need to restore. He need to restore Peter back into good relationship, into fellowship again. So we want to talk about the restoration of relationship. The restoration of relationship. Jesus knew exactly what Peter was going through. He found an opportune time. To address the issue, then you want to restore the relationship between both of them. Remember, it was not so much for Jesus' sake, Jesus had no issue, but it was for the sake of Peter. It was Peter that was the one that needed the fixing. So you notice that in this passage of Scripture, Jesus asked Peter the same question three times, right? Of course, on the third time, there is a little twist to the question. Jesus did not ask Peter some great theological question Like he used to ask before Who do you think the son of man was? Who do you think I am now since I rose from the dead? He did not ask any such theological question But Jesus asked a very personal question Very personal question He says, Simon, son of John Do you love me more than this? Well, the question sounds very strange what kind of strange question is it? Sometimes we ask children strange questions. Uh, parents, have you asked your children before, you know, what uh, do you love mommy more or do you love daddy more? You ask a child, do you love mommy or more or do you love daddy more? How would you expect a child to answer? You know? Or do you ask a child, do you love mommy or daddy more than Gogo love mommy or daddy? Or more than JJ love mommy or daddy? How will the child going to answer you? Of course, you know, the child will say, huh? I love both of you. I love mom and dad, you see. So it was a very strange question that Jesus asked Peter. But why did Jesus ask Peter three times the same question? And what was the difference on the third time that caused Peter to be hurt? Now in the first two questions, Jesus used the word love. He used a a word called agape or agapao, which is a word. You talk about the agape love, means the divine love. It is a divine love, it's a self-sacrificing love, just like what Jesus had done for us. When he died on the cross for us, it was the manifestation of divine love. It was a self-sacrificing love. He sacrificed himself on our behalf. It's as though Jesus was telling Peter, Peter, I have loved you with a divine kind of love. I have loved you with a self-sacrificing love. I have died for you. And Peter, will you love me with the same kind of self-sacrificing love? Will you love me with the same kind of divine love? Well, it's like husband asking the wife. Wife, you know I love you very much. Do you love me as much as I love you? What do you think the wife will answer? Your husband there? Go and ask your wife. Ask your wife the question. You know, dear darling, I love you very much. Do you love me as much as I love you? And see what they respond to you. Now, what was the response of Peter? Peter's response was a little bit different. Peter did not use the akape, the divine love. He used another word, filio, which means a brotherly kind of love to respond to Jesus. In other words, Peter was saying, yes, Jesus, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you like a brother. Yes, Lord, I love you with a brotherly kind of love. Now, why didn't, Je- uh, why didn't Peter use a copy? Why Peter didn't say, you know, uh, I will love you with a divine kind of love? Peter knew that he didn't have the capacity. He didn't have the capacity of divine love. Once he thought he loved, his love for Jesus was great, once he thought he would even die for Jesus, but after denying Jesus three times, Peter has humbled himself. He realized that he could not be presumptuous anymore, come to the point that he realized that his love for Jesus was limited, and therefore he has learned his lesson. He dare not be the loud mouth, he dare not say, yes, yeah, Jesus, I love you with the d- divine kind of love, but he said, Jesus, I love you with the brotherly kind of love. He cannot be overconfident now to express the divine love for Jesus. And Jesus asked the same question, with the same word, two times. But then, on the last question, there was a twist. Jesus changed the word agape love to phileo. And Jesus was, as though Jesus was asking Peter, well, Peter, if you can't love me with the divine kind of love, would you then able to love me with the brotherly love. So it implies that Jesus was questioning the sincerity of Peter's love. If you can't love me with the divine love. Are you able to even love me with a brotherly love? That's why Peter was hurt. Peter was hurt. But of course, once again, Peter affirmed his love to Jesus. Jesus had given three chances Given Peter three chances to openly confess his love and restore him right into right fellowship. Peter denied the Lord three times, and now three times, for three times, Jesus reinstated Peter. He took the initiative to reach out to Peter. And with his confession, Peter can now put the past behind him. Forgetting the former things. Right? He's going to put the past behind him, and he's going to move forward. He's going to move forward to a new season of his life. He knew Jesus has forgiven him and accepted him. The relationship with Jesus was restored. Well, we are living in a broken world, full of broken people and with lots of broken relationships. We have hurt people, either knowingly or unknowingly, and people have hurt us too. You see, two persons can be good friends today, but enemies tomorrow because of some heated argument. Even siblings in the same family can sue one another in public court because of financial dispute. Fellow Christians can turn away from one another due to some misunderstanding. You see, we all need the restoration of relationships. But before we can make right, with others. Before we can make right with fellow human beings, we must first make right with God. Let me ask you a question. How is your relationship with God this morning? Some of you may not have any relationship with God because you have not yet known Him. You have not yet received Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. But this morning, let me tell you, friends, Jesus loves you. Jesus loved you just like He loved the world. Jesus died on the cross for us. That includes you. He died on the cross so that your sin can be forgiven, so that you can come to Him and be forgiven by Him and be accepted into God's family, God's kingdom. And so, dear friend, you will have a new relationship with Jesus. You will become a child of God if you would open your heart to ask Him, to come in. You may have broken life, but Jesus can make you whole. Jesus can make you whole. Maybe some of you have some past histories. There's a lot of unresolved issues within you. Just like Jesus restored Peter back into relationship, Jesus can restore you into relationship that you can be a child of God. Now, some of you may find yourself like Peter, you only have a distant relationship with God. You see, when Jesus was betrayed and tried, you know what did the Bible describe? The Bible says that Peter followed from afar. He followed from afar. He used to be one of the inner circle. He used to be very close to Jesus. But when Jesus was in trouble, the Bible told us that Peter only followed from afar. Alright? He stayed away when Jesus was in trouble. So church, have you stayed far away from God of late? Have you stayed away from church? After all, it's MCO, you know. Well, you know, let me just stay away. The, the world is in problem. I am in trouble To Let's just stay away. Have you stayed away from God? Have you stayed away from the church? Have you stayed away from fellow believers, from fellow Christians, because you are feeling spiritually down because of what is happening to the world, because of the pandemic? Maybe because your business is down. Maybe you know you have a, a loss of job, or maybe you know you have a loss of income. Are you staying away because of some relational issue with other fellow brothers and sisters? Maybe some of you are holding some grudge against your colleague. Maybe even your boss or your superior. And you may be upset with a family member perhaps, or fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. All this little, little negative emotion may be eating you up and affecting your overall relationship with people. You know, sometimes when you have unresolved issue, unresolved relation, relational issue with one person, it may only be one person, but it can affect. Your relationship with the rest of the people, why? Because of the hurt, because of the pain, because of the brokenness that you are going through. So you need to resolve that relational conflict, so that it will not hinder your personal renewal. We are talking about in the new season, we need to be renewed, but that that hurt, that brokenness can hinder our renewal if we do not come before God for that restoration. So the time of renewal is also the time of restoration. Restore your relationship with God and with men. Jesus not only forgave Peter and restored him back to good relationship, Jesus also renewed the call to discipleship to Peter. So we want to talk about the restoration of discipleship. The restoration of discipleship. And now we're going to continue to read the scripture. We are going to read you know, from verse 18 and verse 19, from where we have stopped just now. Verse 18 and verse 19, I tell you the truth, when you were young and you were able to do as you like, and dress yourself and went where, wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Jesus is calling Peter to follow him again. When Peter denied the Lord, he actually failed in his discipleship. Jesus once spoke to all the disciples. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, 24, which was one of our golden verses, Versus last year Jesus said Whoever wants to be my disciple Must deny themselves And take up their cross daily And follow me For whoever wants to save their life Will lose it But whoever loses their life for me Will save it Well it is a high demand Of what a disciple should do And Peter Peter couldn't live up to it Let's take a look at the three requirements Of this discipleship And what happened. Instead of denying himself, Peter denied the Lord. Instead of taking up the cross, he ran away from it. He was nowhere to be seen when Jesus was nailed to the cross. Instead of following Jesus, he went into hiding. He failed in his discipleship, just like many other disciples, too, together with Peter. They also failed. And look at how Jesus restored Peter discipleship again it was about three years before this that they were at the fishing you know they were at the what you call that they were at the same place the sea of Tiberias or we know it by the sea of Galilee Peter can remember trace back to three years ago Peter and his brother Andrew were throwing casting net into the sea you know and uh, to, to to catch some fish and Jesus walked by and said follow me and they followed him And walk further, you know, there was James and John, the brothers, they were helping their father, right, to uh, repair the net. And Jesus said, follow me. And they followed Jesus. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It was in the same similar place. And now they are back to the shore. A very familiar scene. The beach, right, the the boats, the smell of the fish, the smell of the environment. Uh, Some nets that were left behind. Right, and then, and it was the same people. Peter was there, you know. The brother was there, James was there, you know. John was there, and with a few other disciples, they were there. Jesus brought them back to the same time, same place where he first called them, "Follow me." They had the experience since then. They had the excitement of following Jesus, especially when Jesus was at the height of his ministry. But they have also experienced a feeling of delusion and helplessness when Jesus was crucified. And of course, the experience a feeling of confusion and joy of seeing Jesus after his resurrection. Now they were back to the same place. They were back to where it all started. And Jesus continued to speak to Peter about what kind of that, and then he said the word, follow me. Exactly the same word that he spoke three years ago, follow me. It is a restoration of discipleship. And Jesus issued the same call to Peter just like three years ago. Peter, now he could go back to the starting point and prove himself one more time. He can prove himself now to be a true disciple of Jesus. He may fail before, but it's okay. There is restoration. But however, there was another issue they needed to address. And we want to look at verse 20 to verse 22. Peter turned around and saw behind him the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, What about him, Lord? Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. Peter as he heard the word of Jesus, follow me. He was excited. That means Jesus had accepted me back, and now Jesus is asking me, you know, and, and, and to follow Him just like before. Jesus have not left me. Jesus have not uh, rejected me. Jesus have not abandoned me. And when He turned around, He saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. That we believe that it was John. He said, "What about that guy? You know, Peter, James, and John. We always say Peter, James, and John. They are good friends. They are very close to Jesus. So Peter said, what about?'" My good friend, what about that guy? What about John? From the answer of Jesus and from this passage, we learn something about discipleship. First of all, discipleship is a personal thing. Discipleship is a personal thing. Don't compare yourself with others. Some will have an easier journey, but others a more difficult one. Just be willing to accept your lot. Be willing to accept what the Lord is leading you to. And the second thing we learn from this passage is that our focus must be on Jesus and not on other people. Peter wanted to know what happened to the other guy. But Jesus was practically telling him, it's nothing to do with you. There's nothing to do with you. As for you, you follow me. It doesn't matter what happened to the guy. But my call to you is to follow me faithfully, you know, because you realize that everyone has their own cross to carry, and each cross is different, and only God knows best which cross is suited for who. So the cross that the Lord has given to you is a cross that you are able to bear, and the cross that God has given to me is a cross that I can bear, and we cannot exchange crosses because we are different and so therefore discipleship is a personal thing you just focus on Jesus you just focus on your calling true discipleship means following Jesus and not be distracted by others just like runner running the race i'm not how many i do not know how many of you are runners and you took part in racing especially you know uh, in a 100 meter dash and so on and so forth i believe that every athlete, every runner is been taught that when you run you keep looking ahead. You focus the front. You look at the finishing line. You are not supposed to turn left and right because the moment you turn left and right and see how the other two guys are running, how are they doing, you will lose the race. You will be left behind. Your duty is to run your own race. Don't be a busybody. Don't try to look and don't try to compare how other people are running the race. It doesn't matter how they run. You need to stay focused yourself. And of course, Lastly, personal commitment is what matters most. Personal commitment is what matters most. Even if others fail to follow, we must still choose to follow. Don't get upset when others are not following Jesus well. Don't get upset when some people try to beat the rule to get ahead. Let them be. Some people may want to beat the rule. They may try to get ahead of you. But it's okay, because at the end of the finishing line, there is a judge. And the judge will know whether you have run the way race well. The judge will know whether you have run according to rule. If not, even though you try to get ahead, you will be disqualified. And we have heard of even important races like Olympic race. They were champion being disqualified. And the runner-up took the gold medal. Why? Because they did not run the race according to the rule. The personal commitment is very important. History tells us that Peter did become a true disciple of Jesus. He went all the way to preach the word. He was persecuted, he was beaten up, he was put in jail, put in prison, and eventually he died as a martyr. He was crucified as well. Today, Jesus is calling us back to discipleship. He's calling us back. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus to you? To be a disciple of Jesus is more than believing in Jesus. It means committing our life to Him and living our life. For him to be a disciple is more than just doing the Christian thing. What are the Christian things that you do? Uh, just attending service, it's more than attending service, it's more than uh, 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 online service. it's more than saying your prayer. Uh, it's more than just you know flipping through your Bible from time to time. It's about connecting with the rest of the believers. It's about serving God, it's about getting involved. A disciple is not a spectator but a servant of Christ. How would you measure up as a disciple? Just follow back what Jesus said. You must deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. So ask yourself the question, are you denying yourself in the sense that you are willing to put aside your habits, your pleasure, your action and plan that do not please God and instead living a life that will please Him? Are you taking up your cross daily in the sense that you will make a stand for the faith this, even though you may be ridiculed and rejected by others, are you willing to endure pain and hardship? Yes, sometimes the cross would require us to endure pain and suffering. When it comes our way, are you willing to embrace it? Are you willing to accept it just like Job without murmuring, without complaining, without blaming God, but rather you surrender yourself to God? Are you following Christ by asking the question, What? would Jesus do when he's in my situation? WWJD What would Jesus do? If Jesus is in my situation how would he react? Following the example of our Savior It means having a Christ-like attitude and behavior bearing the fruit of the Spirit in our life Just like what you know, the Pastor Jared has read in Philippians chapter 2 just before the communion that we must have the mind of Christ you find yourself straying away from the path of discipleship, may I urge you today to renew your commitment to Christ and start following Him once again. And of course, upon Jesus' affirmation of His love, you notice that Jesus gave him assignment. For the three times when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And when Jesus, uh, Peter said yes, yeah, Jesus will say, you know, you feed my land, you take care of my sheep, and you feed my sheep. And in repeating the assignment, Jesus is reminding Peter of his calling. That is a restoration of apostleship. The restoration of apostleship. He restored Peter back to apostleship. But to us, it's ministry. We are not apostles, right? Jesus has not abandoned him. Jesus has not rejected him, although he's failed. Now, the restoration of relationship and discipleship, the calling still stands. The calling still stands. Jesus had called Peter to carry out the work of the ministry as an apostle. So there is the restoration of this apostleship. Jesus did not revoke the calling upon Peter's life. Rather, the reinstatement and the restoration were actually preparing Peter for the greater task that was ahead of him. I believe the restoration of his call and ministry was a big boost to Peter. He knew now that he had the backing of the Lord, He knew now that the apostolic authority is upon him, the anointing of God is upon him. He could certainly pick himself up from where he has fallen and rise again. And indeed, Peter rose up again. Peter rose up again. He became the key leader of the apostolic band. He was the one who gave the first Pentecostal preaching and the resulting uh, 3,000 people getting saved. First evangelistic service and 3,000 people got saved. He performed healings and miracles. The church grew exponentially during that time, and Peter was the key figure. Church, we are saved to serve the Lord. God has given us gifts, natural talents, spiritual gifts, and every disciple of Christ is called to serve. When you restore your discipleship back with Jesus, You need to be ready to serve Him. The Bible tells us that we are created for good work. A disciple will always have the desire not just to grow, but to serve. When you grow, you want to serve. And when you serve, you want to grow. These two are just interlinked. There is no such thing as a passive disciple. There is no such thing as a spectator disciple. You only have a servant disciple. The disciple... To a disciple, serving God is not an option. There's no option. Unfortunately, there are those who once served God enthusiastically, but somehow they have dropped out of service due to some past issues, or maybe due to their own spiritual uh, lethargies. You know, If that is okay, if that is you, you need to get back to service again. Or maybe you have a fallout with somebody. You may be disappointed with certain leaders. Now, you may have some conflict and you have decided not to serve again. May I encourage you that this is a season of restoration. Do not let the past hinder you, just like Peter. Right? Let this new season restore your relationship with God and with men. Let this new season you know, restore your discipleship the way you follow Jesus. And let this new season restore your ministry. If somehow you've grown cold in your heart, May I exhort you with the word of Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. They say, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I believe there are many Peters in our midst. And I think I'm not wrong if I say that we are all Peter. We are all Peter. Our lives were broken, or some are still broken and we need restoration. The first step we need to take is to restore our relationship with God to ensure that nothing stands between us and God. And then, we need to recommit ourselves to follow Jesus closely, not from a distance, but follow closely. And when when we do that, I believe, it becomes natural of us that we want to serve God and we will find joy in serving the Lord. Look at your life now, church. Examine yourself. Uh, And see which area needs fixing, which area needs restoration. Then come before God and ask him to bring about a restoration in your life. Uh, As a worship team, come along to prepare us. Uh, Let's just look to the Lord in prayer. And let this word, let this message speak to you this morning.